Yo, good morning, good evening. Well, I also forgot good afternoon. Welcome, welcome, welcome into our all-new episode of the Fullport Press Podcast. This is a special episode, but first, before we get into that, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Sean Lowry. And yes, 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 you heard Brooklyn Bari last week. It was not a fluke. He is back. Welcome back again, Brooklyn Bari. How are you guys doing today? Yo, 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 what's up? I'm good. I'm amazing. W, W. Um, because, you know, it's just 2023. Whenever I ask, they, they give me flack. But I guess Barry is a whole dad now, so he has a little little more patience and lenience. <laughs> he, he's willing to at least say a few words about his day. I hope the baby is doing well. How is fatherhood treating you? It's been treating me amazing. I'm um, getting used to sleep patterns and getting sleep when I can and stuff like that. But other than that, it's it's just been great. You just put baby J to bed before this recording, didn't you? Mm-hmm. It definitely did. It's it's an indescribable feeling, but I'm happy. I love it. I love it. I'm literally the only one without a kid in this in this on this thing. That's crazy. <laughs> anyway, let me know that there's power in the word. Let me know that <laughs> I ain't ready yet. But today, you guys, um, we do have a fun episode. This one might be a long one just because there's so much that has happened since the last time we talked. For example, um, the All Star Weekend. Uh, we did talk about the trades prior. Uh, I, I don't know if we want to get more into that a little bit, especially now that games are resuming this week. So we're going to be seeing a lot of new look teams. But first and foremost, let's dive into one of those players that did get moved that we talked about. However, they did not sign to a team until recently. And of course, for all of you who know, y'all know Sean Lowry is a huge, huge fan of the LA Clippers. And while there was rumor about that we talked about with Barry about Westbrook either joining the Heat or the Bulls, which, you know, Barry, we were like, Bulls? That don't really make sense. Heat, I get. Ultimately, he elected to sign with the LA Clippers. He is staying in LA, which is also his hometown. So, Sean Lowry, you've always been vocal about your Clippers. You've always been vocal about Russell Westbrook. Talk to me. How do you feel in this very moment, knowing that Westbrook is going to be on your squad for the remainder of this season? So, when I First, first heard it. I'm not gonna lie. I was pissed off. <laughs> I was angry. Nah, not pissed. Oh no! <laughs> I, I off, did bro. you I hear it lie. before I texted you, or did you like? How did that happen? Yes, I think no, no. You text me. You text me, and then I was like, okay, maybe he's just joking. Because I was driving. I'm like, I gotta text Sean immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I was. I was like, maybe he's just saying. And I went on Twitter and I saw, it and I was like, why? Like that's why I first thought, like, why? And and. Again, not I'll dive into Westbrook, or the re, what I think now. But the reason I said why is because we was on a ten and two, you know, uh, record since we started. Man, finally, who I've been wanting to start. It seems like there's certain players I'll be wanting to to get more playing time or start. Shea, Zoo, Man, and it seems like the the front office either takes forever or doesn't do it right. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But so I was, I was, that was my first test. So I was like, not too thrilled about it. And then it was reports from the Clippers writer, like, oh, he's starting. I'm like, starting? What? Like, basically, he's going to start off, you know, getting get a feel for the system. And then eventually they want him to start. And I'm like, why? Like, so now we're going to take man from starting and we're going to uh, have Westbrook starting. So I wasn't too thrilled at, at first. And then, you know, after sitting on it, um, it gets more so depends on how 
how we're going to use him and honestly how Ty Lue is going to use him. Because in my opinion, Ty Lue hasn't had a great year at all when it comes to coaching. Uh, he's made very questionable rotations. And when he finally started doing things correctly, we were 10-2 and two and man was starting and he was actually using a rotation like he, he's supposed to, right? And we just got Eric Gordon um, and we got Bones. Right, and we got Pumley. Oh my God, it's been—he's been such a great, great addition because we've been needing that big. That's what I've been needing. That's what I've been asking for the Clippers to get forever. So he's been amazing, and he's actually a pretty good passer. So I felt like as a as a unit, as we share the ball too. Like that's the crazy part. I think the last game we played, we had like thirty-five assists or something like that. Like we literally was sharing the ball. So I'm like, cool. Everyone can be a playmaker. And now we got Westbrook. On top of that, Lawrence Frank literally said before we got Westbrook, like, I don't know, maybe five days or four days before, hey, we need, you know, we need someone that's going to be smart with the ball, not, not, no careless turnovers, be able to help us with spacing, everything that Westbrook's not, (laughs) right? Um, So my thought process is, okay, well, Westbrook, maybe they're going to try to use him like they want to use John Wall. Hey, you know what? basically attack and spray you know what i mean and and be able to really because we are one of the slowest teams in the nba the clippers is literally one of the slowest teams so the speed us up right but that's why inserting man also helped because he was doing that he's athletic he's young he wants to run um so i have mixed emotions on it on top of it westbrook again a hall of famer great player um but he needs the ball in his hands and his basketball IQ, which I've always said. Westbrook as a player, he plays hard. You know, he, he's going to give you his all. Never, never going to cheat the game. But his basketball IQ, I've always said, is just not good. Um, So that kind of concerns me. That's where my concern is. Um, But all I can do is hope for the best, man. I, I have a feeling. I hope this feeling is wrong. But normally I'm pretty right on it. I have a feeling that this isn't going to turn out very great. Um. Paul George, he did, you know, he did push for his other friend, Reggie Jackson. And that did do well for us. You know, it did have his his moments. So I'm hoping that it could be something like that. But honestly, I, I have no clue. Um, I'm just wishing for the best. I have a lot of mixed, a lot of mixed emotions. I guess it, it really comes down to Ty Lue. That's what I can say. It comes down to Ty Lue. Is Ty Lue going to really coach and do what makes sense, what what fits in that moment or in that scheme? Is he going to coach based off of fit and, and and what we need at that time or is he going to coach based off of the name and a lot of times fans don't want to really acknowledge that but that's what it is especially in the nba a lot of politics so is he going to get caught up in a name hey this is westbrook but this isn't westbrook from okc this is westbrook now that's been on i don't know how many teams five six teams in like five years or something crazy like that like he's bounced around and there's a reason for that um so that's that's my thought on that, but yeah. So basically, to sum it up, guys, I I, I really don't know how to feel. I, I have mixed emotions. I'm angry, then I'm happy, then I'm I'm angry again. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm legit. <laughs> he said I'm angry. I'm happy. I'm angry. It's like damn. The the life of a Clippers fan. It sounds like a you know the diary of a of a teenager a teenager to be honest. But Bari. You mentioned before you start, well, before you handed it off to Sean, that we were mm-hmm. discussing in the last episode um, of his potential destinations. Yeah, like Chicago, Chicago, Miami. Mm-hmm. And 
one thing which I'll we will talk about Miami later too. By the way, we will we will be mentioning them again. Mm-hmm. Well, for sure. But one thing I will say about that is, um, I think for Chicago's part, it was definitely better for them to go for the other Laker that was available, which was Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly, mm-hmm. who was um waived or bought out, whatever, by Orlando, because he's a hometown Chicago native. They need a point guard, but they don't need someone completely taking over the offense with the yeah. way Demar and Levine plays. Yeah. So I think that was definitely a better signing for them than Westbrook could have been. And, Especially you know, since Alonzo got shut down for the rest of the season. Yeah, we knew we knew he wasn't coming back. Yeah. But they officially announced if if anyone missed it that Lonzo's out for the rest of the season. Um, very quickly on that, his doctors, every report saying that they don't know what the situation is. Like, so I'm hoping that they can figure this out. Um, that sounds scary. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. That sounds so scary. I feel yeah. so I feel so sorry for Lonzo. In the next couple of months or throughout the summer, I hope um, maybe second, third, fourth opinions can occur and maybe specialists can take a look at his knee and what's going on because um, I really like Lonzo as a player. Um, I even like him as a person, honestly. Um, and I hope he can just have a career, like however long that career is, is whatever. But um, he was fortunate enough to to make it to the league and he put in a lot of work too. It was not just fortune since he was a kid. And I just hope that he can get back to normal. But I like the Beverly signing for Chicago and getting back to what we were talking about, which is Westbrook to the Clippers. We knew it was a, like there was potential to that happening, but we didn't know how how realistic it was, especially after they signed Bones Highland from Denver. We didn't, you know, a lot of us, or me included, thought that the Bones signing pretty much put Westbrook off the table for LAC, but it seems like other other heads have prevailed and part of that would be, you know, Westbrook's good friend Paul George. I think another part that played into that is Westbrook, you know, he's already home. He was already playing for his 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 state that he, you know, was born and raised in. And to to play for the Clippers would mean that his family doesn't have to relocate. So I think that that plays another big part in the decision also from from his side at least since we were just talking about Bev he said to Wes after after Westbrook announced the signing or after they announced the signing he said you're gonna love it there man you're gonna love it there I mean it's easy to say but Patrick Beverly was a big part of he was a big part of like Clippers culture the last couple years and you know until he got shipped out or whatever but he knows I think he knows like the atmosphere of playing for the Clippers and Steve Ballmer as an owner. Like, I think he still appreciates that whether it it shows or not. And he knows what he knows Westbrook now. Like they went from on court enemies to very good friends. And I like, you can't believe every storyline, but I genuinely believe that Beverly and Westbrook are good friends now. I think they have an understanding of each other. So I just wanted to reiterate a comment that Bev made and another Clipper, a current Clipper, but basically, Batum said that prior to him joining the Clippers, he was regarded as one of the worst players in the league. Well, I have it right here. It says, I was labeled the worst player in the NBA before I got to the Clippers. You can't reflect on his whole career based on the last 18 months, speaking on Westbrook. I would be more than happy to have a player like Westbrook. And, I mean, I can't argue with those comments. Batum. Why is Batum considered the worst player in the league? When he was in Charlotte, um, his wow. stats started dropping. He was playing for a non-contender. It seemed like he was out of it. It seemed like he didn't 
like just from watching them play, it didn't seem like he like was playing to his full potential. And it seemed like he didn't have a love for the game. And he's he said as much that being a Clipper and playing for Ty Lewis revitalized his career and made him love basketball again. So um, yeah, shout out to y'all, Sean. Not for sure. Like they have a, a great culture, um, especially after um Sterling sold the franchise and, and Bomber mm-hmm. bought it. So Batum got to the Clippers at a good time, you know what I mean? Like, and I think just insight like that is just I'm trying to look outside of how I know Russell Westbrook plays because there's positives and there's negatives to that. But just hearing like a former Clipper and a current Clipper speak on him highly and players that aren't Paul George speak on him highly gives me a little bit of hope that they can, you know, try to make this work. And I, like I said, I think Bones is a great insurance plan. Um, He's young, so you don't have to force him into the minutes. I don't know if he's the better option or not right now, but um, if it doesn't work out, you still have a backup point guard in Bones. One thing I will say, though, and in my opinion, I think it's vital that none of those players I just mentioned start. Um, To be honest with you, from watching the Clippers, they're six and four in their last 10, currently the fourth seed. They have they're behind the Kings with um, three more losses in the loss column, but they have one more win than the, than the Kings. Like, I think the Clippers have their their ceiling if they're playing great, as far as the standings go, is as high as the two seed, and they can fall as low as maybe fifth, which is one seed lower than they are now. I don't see the Clippers falling below the Mavericks. I don't see them falling under five. So they're in in pretty good position, and despite having a year where people have been in and out of the lineup as usual like they're still in good position in, in this west coast um race right now so like it's what just... i will say is mm-hmm. though bro is is the clippers like they do do a good job to to buffer your point they do do a good job to like basically give give hope or give uh what's it called a lifeline to like players careers right reggie yeah. jackson batum even covington at one point even though i don't know why they're not using him like that but yeah, so the Clippers have did a good job, obviously, you know, <laughs> putting it, getting it off a of life support when it comes to players' careers. That's how I know, for example, like I know John Wall is like done, done, because they, they're going to do a good job trying to put you in position to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to go back to Patrick Beverly, like I saw that clip. Patrick Beverly really looked, honestly, he looked like he was kind of like emotional about it, like. I, I think part of him, because we was talking to him too. I think part of him was hoping he would come back to the Clips, which I would have welcomed it, obviously. But yeah, Patrick Beverly and, and players, that's one good thing too, I could say. A lot of the players that have played for the organization recently, since we got Bomber, even when they leave, they have nothing but good things to say. So, you know, that is what I'm hoping for is, you know, they're going to use Westbrook in the, in the right way. And the good part is too, right, he's going to have people that really believe in him. Like, the Clippers are used to not being liked and, you know, they're the they're the stepchild, right, in L.A. and stuff like that. So they're going to definitely just really just um, come together and support and rally behind Westbrook, which I think he felt like he didn't have that with the Lakers. So that is a positive, and we'll see if that can turn out to, to you know, something more. I mean, that is one thing I did say, too. It would be kind of cool if the Clippers won a championship and they had four people from Southern California, right, Paul George. Powell, uh, Kawhi, and Westbrook, like mm-hmm. all come together to get the Clippers their first championship, I think would be a pretty, it wouldn't be talked about like that, but I think that'd be a pretty cool layer to that championship. Now, 
like to just cap off like what I was saying on this, I think it's vital, and this is just my basketball opinion here. I think it's vital that Terrence Mann continues to start. Um, mm-hmm. I know that there's been reports that Westbrook could potentially start. And I don't think that should even be entertained unless he proves something off the bench. You know what I mean? Like he has yeah, to show yeah. something already as a Clipper. They shouldn't be talking about this um, off bat. I know Terrence Mann isn't a natural point guard, but it's it's what's been working as of late. And he's a young player. He plays hard. Um, the last game I I I seen was against Phoenix. And that was a winning effort. I think y'all beat Phoenix by nine points. Yeah. And Paul George and Kawhi played in that game, and they were both off. Terrence Mann led all 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 scores for the Clippers. Yeah, twenty six points, four rebounds, three assists. Um, and efficient too. Ten out of twelve from the field. I'm not saying he's gonna play like this every night, but you don't stunt a young player's um development, and and you don't take away that confidence just to try and give it to another player. Now, Bones is off the bench. We know that's the role he's been playing in in Denver. Um, if he eventually gets to a bigger role, that's on him to earn that. I but, think he's not playing, bro. I think Bones is 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 he's not even going to be in the rotation. With West that's West. what it, it seems like. He's he's um out of the rotation or yeah. a garbage time minutes player right now yeah. because that's of the Westbrook signing. <laughs> that's and really unfortunate. It's sad because he left Denver for a bigger role, but. Like he, he didn't see. I know he didn't foresee the Clippers signing um Westbrook, and then also like Sean mentioned, and this isn't to be, um, underlooked. The Clippers signed Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon's been trying to get out of Houston for a little while now. He wants to play for a contending team, and he's not washed. Like what he can do is still, or sorry, what he was capable of is still the same. Um, he was never an overly agile player or or athletic player, so he can still pretty much do the same things as far as I know. So Eric Gordon is not going to take anyone's job, but he's definitely going to be getting minutes. And and especially at that guard position, the, the two guard and, you know, depending on the team, it could be sometimes be a backup one or whatever. So I just don't, like like Sean said, it's sad, but I don't know how much of an effort or impact Bones is going to be able to make this season. Um, but I will say, though, Westbrook can be a great mentor for Bones. That is one yeah. thing. Because he is still raw. He's, there is still some things. I think he does need another offseason. You know, he's been in the league for, I think, this is the second year. Yeah. So I do think in that way, it won't surprise me because we saw Westbrook do that with Victor Aladipo, right, where it won't surprise me if Bones comes out next year and has a more impactful year just from seeing how Westbrook works, picking his brain on certain things. Because, again, he's even though he has his issues with, with uh, basketball IQ, like, He's obviously, you know, the players obviously love playing with him. He obviously definitely shows them different things. Even if he might not play that way, he definitely shows them different things that they can do to work on their game. So I think that would be beneficial in the long run for Bones. You know, he he can be a good mentor for for Bones. I, I think that's a, a good point. Um, Hopefully Bones is patient. I mean, Bones always seemed like a good kid. Yeah. Um, And he doesn't seem like, you know, a person that's, you know, that's impatient. So I think he's open to to learning for the Clippers though. It's as you can see from all of our answers, we're not um, too high or too low on the, the Westbrook signing. Um, it's just wait and see It's 20, mm-hmm. you know, 23 games left. I guess certain teams have certain different amount of games left, but in general, it's around 23 games left. And is there's time to, to work him into the rotation. 
as long as and you know Ty Lu and them haven't commented yet. I don't I don't know because you know it hasn't been officially announced yet, so I don't know if they can comment yet. Mm-hmm. But I just think that unless Terrence Mann falls off a cliff, he needs to continue to to play the role that he's been playing for them. Yeah. That's yeah. So we'll see. We'll definitely see with the Clippers. I like we already mentioned as already iterated. We're pretty in the, on the middle ground. You've heard Sean say he he's been up, he's on a roller coaster of emotions right now, but he's also on the wait to see. Um, and at the moment, the Clippers are the fourth seed. So, unless something drastic happens, you know they have time to kind of figure it out. While at the same time, being in a good position to at least still make playoffs again, unless something drastically happens, because we know in the West usually the race is tight. That being said, we did have All-Star Weekend that just concluded. Um, Just quickly, me, All-Star Weekend hasn't been a really entertaining thing for me for a while. Uh, The All-Star Game, I was very happy with the performances of of my my boys. But I was more so, and you know me, you you know who I am. I was more so excited for the halftime show. Got to see Burna Boy, Rema, Thames. They all performed yeah, in Thames. Thames is so far. I saw it secondhand. Like, I didn't watch the halftime show mm-hmm. live, but just watching it back, that was a, a great yeah, performance. And it was good. At least they were in tune with what people want to hear, which is uh, yeah. Afrobeat. Like, that's, that's yeah. what I want to see in a halftime show right now. My only thing is, I wish it wasn't in Utah. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. That was weird. You want to hear Afrobeat? You want to see Burna Thames in them? But. Not in the Mormon capital, but that's what it is, I guess. Yeah, you know, at the other day, they, they, it was about 15 minutes total that they got, and they all got to really uh, showcase their hit songs and really showcase their talent. Again, it being in Utah was kind of weird. Yes, we need to bring culture everywhere, but I feel like that would have been a much more meaningful just experience if it was in, like, Houston, Miami, L.A., New York, a place really with primarily or a dominant black uh, people of color population than Salt Lake City, Utah. No offense to anybody who's a Utah uh, uh, native or, you know, Utah fan, but let's be real. Uh, regardless, so let's get into the games. And not only the games, but the competitions. We did have the three-point contest. We did have the dunk contest, which I know a lot of people were kind of down on the dunk contest leading up to it just because the participants were like, uh, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Who cares? There's, there's no one of excitement there. Um, and then, of course, we also had the skill challenge in the All-Star game. So, Jabari, um, how did you enjoy All-Star weekend? I had, so, I have some feelings about the three-point contest. And those feelings are, obviously, we had replacements. Like, they, they threw Julius Randle in to replace um, forget who he was replacing but it kind of annoyed me that they didn't take the replacements part of the three-point contest more seriously because it's been in my opinion at least when we have the terrible dunk contest we well of- hold on i'm mm-hmm. so sorry to interrupt but i <laughs> breaking news breaking news apparently the all-star game was the worst basketball game ever played it was it had the lowest ratings of all time in regards to all the uh, NBA All Star games, so that's uh well, that is unfortunate. I was I was waiting for that. I was I was just about yeah. to say that it was uh 
It was worse than the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah. It was worse it was, than the Pro Bowl. Wow, that's yes, bad. Yes. That's bad. Yes. Even even uh, <laughs> uh Nuggets coach Mike Malone no said <laughs> Yeah, my my car came in. I have not like I wage a war. I usually wage a war with um well I don't wage it, they wage it against me. But they like to hold um ratings over my head like nfl ratings versus yeah, um, this, nba this ratings you just gotta just accept the l on this one There's yeah i'm taking the yeah. l on this all-star game this all-star weekend in general um, yeah it was it, it, but to be fair it's been terrible for a while honestly it's it, like, has. it has it has it's been bad it's been bad for a while but yeah. it's like to be worse than the pro bowl i don't know how it usually fairs against the Pro Bowl because the NFL in general has more viewers. For you while you guys discuss. Yeah, because I mean they got they got more viewers by a lot. I feel like I feel like I it's never heard bad. I've never heard that like oh the Pro Bowls usually beating out the All Star no, game. So I'm no. just gonna assume that the no, All Star game Bowl's is usually bad. I mean that's what I'm saying and, and it's still bad. <laughs> They're playing flag football right now. So <laughs> it's just to to be worse than that is wild. And it's sad because I know like people on this podcast, just other basketball minds that I talk to can put together a better all-star weekend than what we're seeing. <laughs> you know how bad it is because let's <laughs> so prior to the all-star game, um, <laughs> the pro bowl was uh, after this year's pro bowl. It was dubbed by many on the interwebs as defending its reputation as pro sports, worst all-star event in any any sport, baseball, hockey, football, basketball, the Pro Bowl is known as being the worst. So the fact that this All-Star game was worse than the Pro Bowl, like y'all said, that is actually kind of depressing. It, it's sad. It's sad. Given um, how well still, my boys did, too, I never depressed. would watch a minute of the Pro Bowl, but so, just, yeah, knowing, all good. just knowing so, that that's the case is very sad. So I'll, I'll ask y'all this, because at the end of the day, we, we don't need to really dive into this all-star. I mean, it, it was a bad <laughs> We ain't even named the people who won the competition. All I was going to say is that they, they substituted, like they made some bad subs for injured mm-hmm. players in a three-point contest. And Brooklyn had a lot of like role players that are high-percentage shooters. Like Yuta Watanabe is shooting very good this year, especially from the corner. Joe Harris, Seth Curry, none of those guys were included. Um, like to to replace a shooter with Julius Randle was just wild. Like, but that's all I was gonna say about that. The what? the dunk contest, obviously, I don't care about. Um, it wasn't good. Mac McClung had some great dunks, but I like competition. Um, that's why one of my favorite dunk contests of this decade is is um whatever year Levine and Gordon was going back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. but I just it, I don't have much to say about it. It didn't entertain me. I liked seeing some of Mac's like replays, like after it happened but just in the moment i don't have much um enthusiasm or i I, it just it just doesn't do it for me like when i was a kid or whatever like that's why i was saying like the three-point contest as of late i don't know how people have been enjoying it before this year but i've been enjoying three-point contests they've been pretty good to me but it's just this year is just bad so i just and that team Giannis crap like what this i'm tired of seeing team Giannis and all his brothers like, they had zero points the other day. It don't make no sense. Just, like, we get it. They're brothers. Like, they're Giannis's brothers. Like, there's other brothers in the league. There's, like, we don't have to highlight this every year. This is, what, the third year in a row? But go ahead, bro. No, no. I, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to first give my, my thoughts. Um, But I'm going to ask y'all, too. So y'all can either agree or change or whatever. So my question is, before I actually answer my question, is uh, 
how can we fix the all-star game and what will we what can we do for that right and so my this is so this is just my idea one for let's do the dunk contest because right now it's terrible either a get rid of it or b have it where you have i'm fine with g leagues or i'm fine with people from the drew league or something you know what i mean that literally do this. This is what they do and having competition, have them do it or get rid of it. Um, that's for the dunk contest. For the skill contest, I mean, that's whatever. It doesn't move me. I mean, it's cool, I guess. Um, and then the three-point contest should be last because now that seems like that's the main event. Matter of fact, no. Forget the skill contest. Um, I'll say, let's say, let's say I'll put it like this. Dunk contest with, you know, G League or whatever, if you keep that. Um, the three point contest, and then my main event, which we saw actually in the All Star game, and that was the highlight of the All Star game, was when what we saw Tatum and, and Brown going at it. Correct. So mm-hmm. why not have that King of the Court? I've been saying this for a while. Have King of the Court with players like literally first bucket wins. You know, you guys. So you got actually really play defense, right? And then you mm-hmm. move on, and let's say like, hey, whoever. Whoever, you know, gets five buckets first wins the whole thing, right? You pick, like, a certain group, and you can literally do, like, a little mini tournament thing. I think that would be pretty dope because we always say, right, oh, man, what if, if uh, J- you know, Jordan and LeBron played each other or, you know, Luka, Bron- right? All these things we always say. So then, hey, this is a time to prove it, right? Hey, I think it'd be dope to see Kyrie and Curry doing King of the Court. You know what I mean? Like for the fans, I think that'd be pretty dope. And you get bragging rights. As far as the the All-Star game, which I don't care about either, but go back to East and West, I say. Just go back to East and West. Um, If you want to mix it up, I guess, but, you know, just go back to East and West and then put some, because they say, oh, what should we do? Should we should we put more money on it? No, I don't, I don't think that's going to really change anything if you put more money on it. Um. Now, hear me out on this. I don't. I know people had issues with it when it came to baseball because baseball did this. But either a not necessarily home court event, or maybe it is. I guess either a you can have a hey the first game of the finals, no matter the record. You know, let's say the East won the 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 All Star game, so they get the first game, even though they have a loser, they should be playing on the road. Or you could do it where hey, no matter what. If you really want to do a critical, now it might it still might not matter depending on how good the team is. But hey, the game seven, you know, game now again, that's I don't know if players would be okay with that, but game seven, because the East won the the whatever, the East won the all-star game. So game seven will be on that East Coast team's home court. And I only reason why I say this because right with something magnitude like that, they're going to really want to play. They're gonna be like, oh shoot, like the first game actually will go. So it doesn't matter on my record with that. You know, because the first game goes to whatever team won the All-Star game. I'm just thinking of some type of creative way. Now, maybe that's too extreme. Maybe there's something else you guys can think of where it's not that, I guess, that much of a magnitude. But just something where it's going to create urgency for them. Because obviously, they're not going to want to necessarily have a game seven on the road, right? Or even maybe game, or even a first game. Because now they're like, oh, shoot, well, we kind of have a home court advantage because that was kind of taken away from us. Um, so yeah, just y'all thought on that, on all the, I know I said a lot, but just on y'all thoughts on what I said for that. How I would fix the All-Star game is, has a little bit of the ideas that you said, but I guess to reset and just do it how I've most enjoyed the All-Star format, 
first I would get rid of the skills challenge. I don't care about anything that they're doing. Even before this team, when it was team-based, I didn't really enjoy it that much. I'd get rid of the skills challenge and bring back um, rookies versus sophomore um, for that for that day. I don't care if they do anything else on that day, just rookie versus sophomore that day. I like to see first um, first year players versus second year players or whatever. Um, for the three point contest, I guess they can leave it the same. For the dunk contest, I would limit the amount of NBA players that are able to enter to maybe two, two NBA players. I don't know how much participants they do right now. Is it what five? I do two NBA players, and the other four or three would be straight dunkers people that do this Ooh, for a living yeah. um g league drew league like like sean said but to bring in people that can can do dunks that we haven't seen before not the same recycled dunks like the one good thing about this weekend was matt mcclung performed a couple dunks that weren't performed in dunk contests before which is you know just it's nice to see for the all-star game i'm not sure like, I liked East versus West better, so I guess I agree with Sean on that one, too. And I think it's not very hard to fix the All-Star game. I don't think they need to do anything new. I think they need to just revert and go backwards. It should just be uh, an intense game. And I don't know what the incentive would be to make it an intense game, but I'm not saying the referees should be slowing the game down and calling everything. I'm just saying that defense should be played. Um from at least the second quarter on like I don't like it's hard to fix an all-star game when a lot of the problems are player mentality and yeah. we're in the league of we're in the era of I don't want to hurt this finger I don't want to do this I don't want to do that like like it, it's just it's it's just hard to, to to fix it but um ultimately it's not entertaining and these ratings will reflect that and I'm sure the NBA is going to have to come up with something to like, you can't just keep going on the same blueprint when the blueprint, the blueprint isn't working. My, here's my thing. There's, there's a question I want to ask you too, even though I already know the answer just based off the answers you gave as fans, when it not only just comes to all-star game, but all-star weekend, do you want to watch players having fun? Or do you want to watch players compete? Now, those two are not mutually exclusive. They can go in hand in hand, but they also don't go hand in hand either. Which one as fans do you want? I, I already feel like I know the answer. Y'all want competition. Because for, for us, competition can be entertaining. Well, at least for me, I'll say. So let, let's say, like, based off what Jabari said, so we go back to East-West. And then, you know, hopefully they, they're competitive or whatever. So in that case, they're just having fun. But at least if you add what I said, the king of the court, you 100% are going to have competition. Like, you're going to have no choice because it's literally you and another great player, and you don't want to get embarrassed. You only get crossed mm -hmm. over and fall to the ground. Like I forgot to I forgot to get on, but I 100% support the king of the court idea or if they want to refer to it as a um, 1v1 competition. Yeah, whatever. Shit, I'd yeah. even support it up to 2, 3v3, something where it's – you're you're incorporating street ball and yeah. and street ball the the beginning and the end of street ball is about fun like most people are out there hooping because they want to hoop like because mm -hmm. it's fun like i want to embarrass someone or 
I want to win. Like, whatever the incentive is, it's about fun, and we need to bring that back to the game. If the players are having fun, the audience is going to enjoy what they're seeing more. Sean said something, said a word that I think is very important, and bar you further uh, iterate on it. It's the word embarrassment. We as fans, you know, all throughout the years, when something embarrassing happens at All-Star Game, it, it get run through the ground, right? Especially in this social media era. And it's very clear that players pay strict attention to social media. They really do care about their image. I don't think there's any way to combat that fear of embarrassing themselves in front of others. Because you look at it, for example, let's use the dunk contest as an example, because it's perfect right now. Given the fact that a G League player won it in Mac McClung, who is a professional dunker. So already we've seen evidence of what Sean and Barry have mentioned about, you know, just opening up the dunk contest to others. They they have done that. They started doing that, right? But even then, when we saw it, we were like, okay, so I'm pretty sure the casual fan didn't even know who Max, Mac McClung was. The only reason I knew of him was, shout out to SSAW, he was talked about before, you know, white boy who can dunk, he's only 6'2", yada, yada. If a G League player can win it like he did, and mind you, he damn near had a perfect uh, perfect score each each dunk, and he did it, he was successful on first try for each one. But if a G League player can win it, why the hell would an NBA player care? I mean, John Morant was asked, dismissed it. Eddie Edwards wanted nothing to do with the dunk contest. Hella stars were asked and said, nah, that's not something that they, you know, they want to get into. They don't want to do. So for me, dunk contest, it has to go. It has to go. There's there's no saving the dunk contest because I've said this for several years. It's like you've seen all the exciting shit. You've seen every possible dunk that is, you've seen people jump over cars. You've seen the, the 360s, the 480s, the behind the back, the I, no look. The, I disagree. The, you know? I, I disagree. That, I was just talking to my coworker, like, Blake Griffin wasted a year. That car shit was whack. Um, JaVale McGee blowing out candles and shit. Like, a lot of that shit back in the day didn't really impress me. Like, yeah, honest, but it's been done. That was, impressive that was them trying to be creative. People are going back and forth. Like, like towards the end of it. Like, so outside of what, Levine and Gordon, we talking like MJ and Neek. We talking um even that year when Nate Robinson was going back and forth with, yeah, um, Dwight with, and uh, Nate. With mm-hmm. Dwight. Like it may not Superman have been like, and like, dunk contest, but it was something worth why we want to see how it's gonna end. You know what I mean? There's no storyline, but like that's why I'm saying, like, if they don't there's, have a key word. there's another keyword, storyline. What what storylines can we have if stars don't even want to participate? Y'all remember that Duncan show a couple years back? Um, that Shaq was hosting or that he created yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they they was hungry. Like, I ain't watch every episode, but the episodes I did watch, they were creative. They were doing crazy dunks. Not all of these guys were NBA height or NBA size, so that doesn't necessarily but how does matter. That attract fans of the NBA. How do names that they don't know draw them in? I don't think that matters. They just want to see good but, dunks. No, it matters. If, if, if you can't draw eyes to the dunk contest, then what's the point? Bro, that, but w- every year, superstars are competing, and the dunk contest isn't better because the superstar competed. So what's, what is the difference? We just discussed that the All-Star weekend, All-Star game was the worst viewed in, in history, right? And that's which stars playing. Mm-hmm. A G-leader just won the dunk contest. Congrats to Mac McClung. Nobody cares. We even discussed it. We was like, we don't care. So, Sean, Jabari, you are not casual fans. You are not casual fans. So you got to remember that, like, something like that, Jabari, may be interesting to y'all. 
it may be like, yeah, that's something I can watch. I have no problem. But you got to remember, it's the casual fans that are, <laughs> it's very clear the casual fans <laughs> that are driving everything, right? When Mac won, right, what did a lot of people say? Even though they were wrong. He said he oh, saved the weekend. Yeah, he, he literally saved, was saying he saved the, everything else's wagon no, no. except for Mac. They said that's Mac. They people have said that. People have said that. And there are people who say that's not the, that he didn't save the weekend. He had an exciting, and so I'm going to play that record. People have said that. Shaq even said it. Shaq said he saved the weekend. But, but they the people are saying otherwise too. They're like he did it. This guy made a hundred contests in his whole career, and, and then made and then made one on one k in, in a dunk. I like that story. I don't think that's that you great. have to be a professional that's basketball watcher to enjoy good dunks. You don't. No, it doesn't have look, to be John Moran up there. It should be. It was still viewed low. That's what I'm but saying. Look, people want to see the Cavs fan wants to see stars. They want to see someone like John. They want to see someone like LeBron. We know all three of us know. That's not happening. LeBron is yeah. never going to do it. Zion is probably never going to do it. But look, if we went, we can't go through each rating, but I'm sure that dunk, when people probably didn't tune in because, like you said, that the name or whatever. But, so again, that goes back to my original thing, buddy. If they don't know the names, then why would they tune in? The last in? couple of years gave me fucking All-Star Weekend fatigue. It's not always about, oh, I don't know who's competing. Like Most people don't even know where to find that list. There is a way that you can actually sell it. Okay, to Jabari's point. So you have a G Leaguer or whatever, someone from the Drew League. You share that story leading up to the All Star Weekend. It's very easy to do because they talk about it on the news. For those that watch the news, hey, this kid that such and such. So that's how you draw people in. All oh, this kid was cut seven times and this and this. And, you know, hopefully he can really catch someone's eye, you know, maybe a, 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 a two way contract with it. Because that's what people were talking about with Mac. People were saying, like, oh, he has a two way contract. What does what what word did you what did you just say? You have to create a story. A storyline is important. That yeah, is the main thing. Saying, but you could do that to what? So again, it's not a LeBron. It's not. Yeah, I understand that. But yeah, we're never going to see those big names. No, no, we, we're we're not, but if you on create that, that storyline, it's going to draw people in because they're going to be like, "Oh, let me know. About, okay, let me find out about this kid." Now, people, because for example, Mac, I, I'm happy he's doing it again for him because now he's setting himself up because. Let's be honest. He's probably not going to be in the league in the next four or five years, but he's going to set himself up with sponsors and different things like that. Hopefully, Now he can host a basketball camp and people are going to know who he is. You get what I'm saying? So he set himself up. So I look at like now. But that's an individual. That's that that benefits the individual. How does that benefit? But so what? So you're telling me? So you're telling me that people aren't going to know who he is if he's constantly in, even though he's not in the league. If he if he monetizes it correctly. Right, people are going to know who he is, just like with Kardashians. If, right? if that's I mean, the thing. you can't force him to do it. But I'm just saying, there's a bunch of celebrities out there, correct, that literally do nothing. We only know them from one thing, and mm-hmm. they get and they literally just juice that and monetize it. So, yeah, so we need Mac to do that. Yeah, not necessarily Mac. I'm just saying anyone, like any, like you can literally have four or five people if they're smart with it they're going to be like okay this is my opportunity cuz they're hungry just like with your bar again Sean there's a lot of if you you got to hope that these people know how to market themselves accurately or can put themselves in such situations depending on how you sell the story the those those companies Nike for example might come and just offer not Mac but whoever some deal just because the story is so good so I would replace the dunk contest with a 1v1 that you guys mentioned cuz I do like that idea a 1v1 does work I would replace the skills challenge with the celebrity game. But I if you're gonna invite YouTube TikTok stars, you gotta you gotta operate as if the celebrity game's already in effect. 
because it is. It is an effect. Okay, so yeah, I would just get rid of the skills challenge and still because it's a two day event already. So I don't mind. I I feel like Saturday is already kind of no. Depending on how you decide to format the one v one, that's a possibility. You can make that kind of like the central event of Saturday, meaning that losing the skills contest doesn't necessarily need to hurt. Now I think you need to improve the celebrity game if we still are having it, but no one is really talking about it like they used to. Before a celebrity game used to be at least entertaining. You had musicians, you had actors, you had other think, athletes playing this playing the game versus think, each other. I think it was new and people found it entertaining and we're just used to it now. Like remember okay, it started cool. out with Kevin Hart winning like yeah. every year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I don't think it was like I think it was Smooth funny. It was funny. Not. We got to see like people that were in TV shows. So I like I don't think it was bad to add it. It's just kind of now they're adding people that we don't care to see. And and that's what I'm saying. You, they need to go back to like actors, athletes. They need to have more rappers, like 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 more like hip hop and and. And I'm cool with that. That actually works. Like that more works. more black. I shouldn't say rappers. Uh, rappers. More black artists should be competing in in the celebrity game. Like I'm talking about hit rappers, people that are singing Afrobeat. Like J Cole come back and have Burner Boy. Let's see if Burner Boy can play ball. I'm done with that. That culture is synonymous with basketball. Like, yeah. like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so I think that's that's how you do that. But I agree with um replace so, replacing so, the skills challenge with um No, no, no. I didn't replace I said I replaced the dunk contest with the one v one and I'm saying you can completely scrap the skills oh, this, challenge. This, this skills and, challenge. Okay, so I and put more and put more focus. Well, put as you mentioned, more black and people of color. I don't know what category I would say, you know, artists, musicians, athletes, and the celebrity game to kind of get that more hype. Because again, what did Sean mention about uh, making a storyline when it came to the whole dunk contesting? You can make a fuck. <laughs> the celebrity game is, is right for dramatic, playful storylines you can do. You can do that. That's the thing. Especially with they, the way they could, pro- they, if they, and this it's is hard where, to get honestly, celebrities to do shit like that. Like they just, it, it is. They just want to play, you know, like and they're ultimately, money. And ultimately, that's where I go back to the All-Star Game 2 and I and I go back to all of All-Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. There need to be incentives that is meaningful to the players to make them want to participate in such. Winning a million dollars for, uh, not for all of the athletes, because a million is still a lot, but for some of these athletes, a million dollars ain't shit. Like, let's be real. They're not going to go out their way. And I'm not even talking about just the superstars. I'm talking about either players who aren't stars who still can make a mil plus easy on their contract. For some of them, a million doesn't do much. So we need to find a way to incentivize the players to make them like, yo, I actually want to participate in these events. I actually want to put in more the effort only, into listen, competing and stuff like that. And as far I as I know, there's not parody. too much to do that. Parody. Like, so going back to East West is what you both said, which I'm fine with because the whole, and, and this is when they started doing like, all right, let's do the draft. And it's no longer conference based. It's just a pool. We were excited for that. Uh, well, I was excited for that. Let me say that. It was something oh, yeah, different, no, people, right? People were excited. They yeah, were no, like, but I'm, I'm going to only speak for myself because, again, I can't speak I can't speak for everybody. So for me, I was excited. What what potential did it pr- bring about? It brought about drama. You can create a storyline. Who's going to get picked last? Is everybody going to be sh- shitty? Remember when uh, the whole LeBron-Kyrie thing happened? What were we looking forward to? Will LeBron draft Kyrie? What was what's going to happen? I think he ended up doing that that year. Cool. Again, dramatic storylines. Last year, the All-Star Game, I know COVID reasonings, they did it virtually. Cool. This year, they yeah, actually wait, decided wait. to work It was dramatic storylines just, just as well last year, too, Um, with the last pick being Harden after the Philly trade. 
um, with Katie and Brown laughing on TV over it. Chuck, oh yeah, Penny, and, but, they were all just joking about that. But Remember that one, but that one was the the problem with that one was that it was virtually. It would have been, in my opinion, that stuff should have been done in person because it adds that extra yeah, oomph and, rather and than a, just sitting behind the screen. I agree. In the best case I scenario, know, last year yeah. I think that had to do more so with post COVID. It was COVID, but not. Well, it was just last year, so it's it's post COVID. But you know, I understand that this year they decided to do it differently. I don't know. I, I I like. I sort of disagree. I do agree with the incentives part because um, to an extent, because I feel like they should be playing for not for themselves. Because it's like you can't give too much. Like like you said, the mm-hmm. money doesn't matter. You yeah, can't not for offer every the money doesn't matter. Yeah, you can't offer their teams anything because mm-hmm. not every team has a representative at the All Star game. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like the only time we should be talking about like incentives or money would be for charities. And to be honest with you, I don't know if that's enough to get people playing. I don't like, think I don't think charity incentives really. I again, right. I know some people are philanthropists. That's, I don't think that that's really the only thing work. I can I can like deal with money with. Like I, again, I don't think money is a thing for no, most no. people. Like I said, there's, the there's, game, you know, you, you need to incentivize, and I, that's why I mentioned money because they already offer one million, and that is, you, again, that doesn't you know maybe for Mac McClung one million would be dope, but who's going to want to see him in the All Star game? You know, so personally, it, it, it comes down to we need to players need to figure out what what do they. It's want? a player's thing, like like like, yeah, like as we're trying to like we can try to fix All Star Weekend, but the All Star Game, like it's only so much that can be done externally. Like they they went from the captains thing, they went from east to west. They can go back, but that is that's not going to make it entertaining. It's just gonna it's just gonna be different. It'll be refreshing for a year or two, but I think ultimately the All Star Game is on the players to, yeah. to um And so here's another the game themselves, you know, and and the, the the NBA Players Association is one of the strongest associations in all of sports. Like they should be discussing the All Star Game. Like they should be discussing like like having an all time low in ratings for that game specifically is is terrible. It's not just it's not just terrible for the NBA as a product. It's terrible for the players too. Um, I'm definitely in agreement with Abe and cutting out some of the events. We're not in full agreement. Um, I just, like I said, I thought the dunk contest is a little historical. I think it can be saved. Um, and I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how, but one thing I would say is it's one of the creative parts of all-star weekend in a sense of like, you have to put thought into what you're going to do. And all the other events are more competitive based where you just, you're trying to win. But um, I think that's enough for All-Star Weekend right now. And we're going to move on to the next topic. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you remember. A few episodes ago, we were here. I think, Barry, this was before you went on paternity leave. But we did, whether it was in a pregame or an episode, we did talk about the Hawks and the static that seemed to be brewing about Trey Young and Nate McMillan. Now, when we discussed that, we may not have gone too depth into it because we barely. Uh, knew too much of, about it. It had just started. But, ladies and gentlemen, anybody who's a basketball fan, especially anybody who's a Hawks fan, Nate McMillan's been fired by the by Atlanta Hawks. Now, as soon as that news was given, uh, Sean put it in the group chat, the first thing I think Sean and Barr put in, the first thing I said was, it's Trey's fault. <laughs> I fully believe it's Trey's fault because there was definitely static between the two. Now, when we... Uh, Sean, before I pass it to you, I want you. I want to hear your thoughts because I know this is something that you brought forward weeks ago, 
and um, you you were interested in how it would work out. What are your thoughts on the Nate McMillan firing? And also, and this is for everybody that we're going to get into, we're halfway through, well, we're basically almost done with the season, over halfway. How is that Duante Murray trade looking for Atlanta now? So, Sean, let us let us know. All right now, for, first of all, I feel bad for Nate, man, because mm-hmm. um, it seems like he put up a lot. Cause, so the thing that people, I don't even know if they know, Sham reported that too, is Nate was actually requesting to step down. <laughs> so he wanted to leave. Like, so when they finally let him go, you know what I mean? I'm sure he was relieved. So um, I think I even talked about this before in previous podcasts, like, I don't know what happened, but Murray came to Atlanta and all of a sudden they both just thought, I don't know. They just, they was out here celebrating him before the games are over. They just really was really like feeling themselves. And Nate, especially being an old school coach, I'm sure was like, hey, let's, let's focus on getting these W's. Let's get this win. Let's be disciplined. And Atlanta, which I, I, I look terrible saying it now. I said, what, what did I say? I think I said, Oh, I said, oh, yeah, I think, you know, I'm saying it now. I think they uh, can make the, the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, I said this before the season, though. I was just, you know, I was really excited of the thought of them working together. But I did not factor them both, in my opinion, at times being very immature and Trey not being the leader that he needs to be. And Murray all of a sudden thinking that he's Tupac when he goes to Atlanta. So I didn't know those factors was going to happen. Um, but as far as the trade itself, obviously right now it's not looking very good. Um, but with that being said, Murray is still young. Um, I don't know. May- maybe they need to call up uh, call up your old coach, Abe. I-, I don't. I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe he can help them uh, get back in line, or or, or what the case is. Because right now, I guess right now Atlanta's looking like a mess. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, I guess. Because we're not talking about the fact that, you know, three coaches have been fired under Trey Young. Mm-hmm. That's three coaches. At, at this point, it start. We gotta start looking. You know, looking. We gotta start looking at at Trey now. Like, what's yeah. going on here? Because it can't be everyone else all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's how I kind of look at it with 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 certain players or certain situations. You know, just like in a relationship, right? Like. If you see this chick and she's constantly in different relationships, at some point it can't just be everyone else. Yeah. Right. So um that's concerning for me. So I wonder, you know, again, is is Trey Young, is he not coachable? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's something to me. And again, I'm you know, I'm a Trey Young guy, right? Even though he drives me crazy at times, I'm I do believe in his talent, but one of those things is you have to be coachable. And is he? Because at this point, it's fair, in my opinion, if you look at him as a coach killer. Which, actually, if, <laughs> if you type in Nate McMillan and Trey, that is actually the article that comes up. Is wow. Trey Young a coach killer from wow. a month ago? From a month ago. Wow. It's very well documented, the static between Trey Young and Nate McMillan. So much so that, actually, during the season, Nate McMillan hinted at retiring after this season anyway. So again, Barry, like you mentioned, uh, Sean, like you mentioned, Loki, I think he definitely was happy to go. He actually won. It, it would have been better if he left on his own terms, but of course, you know, maybe for for image sake, Atlanta was like, no, we fired him when it was like, no, nah, this man wanted to leave anyway. Um, so Barry, your thoughts on Trey Young, Trey Young and Nate McMillan, McMillan being fired and the DeWante Murray trade. 
So, I mean, I like to start off by saying the Hawks' current coach is, well, his the current interim coach, his name is Joe Prunty, and he was an assistant already, so he's just filling in for right now. Um, and before I forget, Landry Fields, the GM of the Hawks, did speak on this a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, he said that the eighth place standing that they're currently in is not acceptable for a team that advanced to the conference finals in 2021. Mm-hmm. And one of the replacements for Nate McMillan, he did mention by name because he's not with a team currently, is um, Quinn Snyder. He said mm-hmm. Snyder's availability is a factor in the sense that I feel comfortable mentioning his name, but there are other candidates I don't want to mention because they are part of other teams. And those other candidates are rumored to be um, top Bucks assistant, Charles Lee, mm-hmm. who was also an assistant under Bud in Atlanta when when Coach Bud was coaching in Atlanta. Um, King's assistant, Jordy Fernandez, Warriors assistant, former Clippers and Clippers assistant and former Brooklyn Nets head coach, Kenny Atkinson, Spurs assistant, Mitch Johnson, and mm-hmm. and I think a coach of South Bay's G League team, Miles Simon. Okay. Um, that So those names are all in the race along with Quinn Snyder as possible candidates for the, the next coaching position. But um, I would love to see Kenny back as a head coach. I think he, with the hand he was dealt in Brooklyn, he was doing a, a, a decent enough job where he could have gotten a chance. But I understand politics played a role in that. I like Kenny. He's um he's definitely more leaning towards player development, I, I'd say. I think he's good with younger groups. So he could be a decent candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, well, I heard they're high outside of... um. Quinn Snyder, who is, you know, probably their number one right now. I heard they're very high on Bucks assistant Charles Lee because of his time with Atlanta Mm -hmm. when um, he was an assistant to Coach Bud at that time. You were Mm -hmm. saying something, Sean? No, I was going to say, can they, could, could Trey handle Quinn Snyder, though? (laughs) That's a a whole different story. It goes back to what you said, Sean. This this is, you got to start looking at Trey. (laughs) Like I said, that's why I said in the chat, like, yo, this is Trey's fault. (laughs) So I got to get. Something truly has to give. Yeah, but I mean, my opinions um is pretty much the same. My opinions on the Hawks is pretty much the same as what Sean just said. I actually felt similar. I don't know if I had them in the Eastern Conference Finals, but I had them high after this trade. Mm-hmm. All and, of us um, did. Mm-hmm. And um, I just felt I feel like this is mainly on Trey. I think this is something he's going to have to prove with a new coach that this is for the better. But until then, Nate McMillan is the guy that I've seen that turn around, turned around Atlanta Hawks culture and, you know, took them out of oblivion for the few years that they were in there after Coach Bud left. Mm-hmm. So, um, Didn't they make the Eastern definite... Conference Finals with him, or was that uh, with Lloyd? No, they made it with um, Coach Bud. Oh, Bud, they, Bud. Okay. Yeah, they – um. They just missed out on the Eastern Conference Finals with Nate McMillan when they lost to um, they when they lost to Philly that year. Okay, okay, and and that and that's and that right there tells me right where how you like the team is is keeps declining basically with the same core basically right mm-hmm. right they're mm-hmm. declining so that tells me something as well like the same core that was improved too I, yeah I can't say they've gotten worse you know no, player wise get worse. They, they got better as a team on paper, so their only thing is, okay, we got to blame the coach. The team got better. The GM made moves. Um, the players aren't responding, so and we can't, you know, they're not open to trading 
Trey Young, obviously, the only player that they've put on the market over and over is John Collins. So I guess they mm-hmm. they've decided to use Nate McMillan as a scapegoat. And I mean, I can say they used him as a scapegoat, but part of me also wants to say that if he was so willing to quit or step down after the season, that means he saw himself that he lost his locker room. Um, in my opinion, at least. So, do you think it, it was a locker room issue, or is it more so just stemming from? Oh, I think it's this? a locker room issue, a hundred percent. And I, I think part of that, part of why I can say that, is if you remember a little earlier in the season, there was an altercation between Trey and Nate McMillan, yeah. mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. resulted in Trey. Um, I think like missing. He didn't, he, he didn't travel with the team. Yeah, he didn't travel with the team, and then mm-hmm. um. And then he met, he ended up missing the next game because of that. They didn't want him to mm-hmm. play the next game. Yeah, and then yeah. a little bit after that, it was reported that after a playoff loss, um, I don't know if this is last year. Or the, I think it's last year. After a playoff loss, he flew privately and didn't fly off the team. And that was a problem. It just wasn't reported at that time. So mm. I think this is stemming before the season and just yeah, it seems to be. trickled into this season. And yeah. the new acquisitions couldn't couldn't save, you know, what was yeah. going on. Yeah, because it, it, to me, it ultimately, that's why I asked about is this specific because I think it's more of a Nate versus Trey thing. Now I understand that players may pick side, but it seems very vocal that it just seems to be a Nate versus uh, a Trey. That's why I wasn't sure if it's particularly a locker room thing, but I can see how it, it can be classified as a locker room um, issue. So uh, before before we wrap up, what are what are we our expectations for the Hawks going forward? You know, right now they are the eighth seed. They got an interim coach uh, t- stepping in. Can they salvage the season, or do you have them falling out? Where Where do you guys have the Hawks uh, for the remainder of this season? So, um, go, go ahead, Sean. Oh no, I was just gonna say I, I'm I'm checked out. <laughs> mm. I'm checked out, man. Like I, you know, I I was trying to get them benefited out, but mm-hmm. there's just too much going on. They're not gonna get better defensively. No. Uh, no matter who they bring in right now, it's not they're not gonna be the whole Trey accountable or Murray. Um, so I think they're cooked. I mean, the good part for them is the Wizards aren't good. The Raptors, it's always weird with the Raptors. You never know yeah. like, how they're gonna do. Um, but if you told me, I don't know, they they're in the play in and they play well, actually it's the seven seven A C, right? So yeah. Yeah. So I see them lose to the Heat, and then it wouldn't surprise me if it stays how it is right now. Mm-hmm. And then it wouldn't surprise me if they play whoever, the Raptors or Wizards, and they lost to them. Okay. So um, that's where I'm kind of at with it, where they're, they're going to be a play-in, and it won't shock me if, if they lose when it, when it's time to bring it because they can't play no defense. Okay. What about you, Bart? Um, I'm in agreement. When I look at the standings, Hawks are eighth seed. I don't think they're better than any team that's higher than them currently. Technically, on paper, they should be better than the Knicks. They should be better than my Nets after that trade. But they don't play, you know, defense. I don't see a a, a change, like a big change coming in this new hire if they hire somebody in the next coming days. Um, as far as the teams they're grouped with, I, I definitely have the Hawks in around where the Bulls are. I, mm-hmm. For some reason... Like I said, I see the Hawks and the Bulls as better than the Wizards and possibly the Raptors. Um, The Raptors didn't give up any of their pieces and acquired Jacob Poldo in the deadline, so they could be rising You have the Bulls rising up into the play-in? Yeah, I have the Bulls 
rising into the play-in. Um, I have the Hawks dropping out of the eighth seed, mm-hmm. but not far. Maybe the ninth mm-hmm. seed because mm-hmm. I don't really see the only teams I see better than the Hawks below them in the Eastern Conference right now are the possibly the Raptors and the Bulls. And that's mm-hmm. if, you know, the Bulls do a flip. The signing for uh, Patrick Beverly was good mm-hmm. and it benefits the team. Then I can see them, you know, maybe going up one or two seeds, but not not not, not anything crazy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the just a wait and see game with with the Hawks. They're they're what are they one game under 500? All yeah. the other teams in discussion are between one to three games below 500. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bulls are seven games under 500. Yeah, the Bulls. They they should I feel like they should finish the year stronger than because right now they're three and seven in their last ten. I feel like they yeah. should finish the year stronger, but that's something I also have to determine based off of um the strength of their remaining games. So mm-hmm. it's just it's hard to tell. We just have to wait and yeah. see um what this new Hawks coach integrates as far as how he uses Trey, how he uses DeJounte, Collins, Capella, and those guys. Okay, no problem. So, ladies and gentlemen, my opinions on the Hawks, well, I actually had them definitely making the playoffs. I had them comfortable as a um, top eight seed, not including the play-in. Unfortunately, that may be in danger. It it really comes down to what goes on. Trey Young is definitely the common denominator within the issues surrounding the Atlanta Hawks organizations and their lack of success. What happens moving forward with him is currently unknown again. He's one of those pieces that is, I don't think Atlanta wants to swallow their pride and be like, you know what, let's move him and see what happens. Um, Duante Murray, I'm a fan of him. I I thought that him being there would make everything a lot better for them. And unfortunately, that is not the case. There's only so much one player can do. Um, And honestly, like Sean mentioned, they were doing a lot of celebrating early on in the season. And Duante Murray was right up front and center on that too. So, no, there's definitely some blame to go all around. I won't exclusively put it on Trey Young, but I do put a majority of it on Trey Young. Uh, so we'll see what happens with the Hawks for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, you can be sure that we will be discussing the Hawks in future episodes, especially as we get closer to the startup playoffs and see where they land. Gentlemen, as always, as always, as always, as always, it's been a pleasure talking basketball with you guys. Sean, Brooklyn, Bari. We appreciate you. Everybody else, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Full Court Press Podcast. Like I mentioned, this is going to be a long one. This is also going to be a loud one. So definitely, you know, when you listen to this, it's too late. I'm going to put this at the beginning. Lower your volume. Thank you. And have a wonderful day. Well, that's getting scratched. Go Celtics!